Welcome to the Living Alive podcast. I'm Autumn Shields, a Master Connect coach, speaker, author, and serial entrepreneur, and most importantly, your hostess here to help you live your life alive. See, I believe we all have the ability to feel and be guided by life's nudges to live on purpose. So I'm inviting you to take this journey with me. Rather you were here just wanting to dip your toe in the water and see what this is all about, or maybe you were ready to dive deep. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. On this show, you'll hear powerful life-changing stories from thought leaders of all walks of life that are stirring things up. We will guide you on living your life fully alive, how to identify the nudges, and why living a healthy lifestyle actually makes a difference. So get ready to be inspired, challenged, and connected because it's your time to make a splash. On today's episode, we get to have a conversation with a man that helped inspire the show. See, he encouraged me to use my voice and he will help you find and use yours too. He urged me to express the way I've learned to live my life by following what I call these things, the nudges. So I thought it was only appropriate to kick off the show by introducing you to him. He is the host of a podcast called What Matters Most, and he also wrote the highly successful book, Hitchhiking with Larry David. He has gone from being a professional musician, starting an entertainment company, and being a film producer in Hollywood, to now living a life completely by design. He lives his life alive by living in grace and gratitude. I can't wait for you to join me in a conversation with Paul Dolman. Paul, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for including me. And I'm so inspired to be with you. And also a shout out to you when you said you wanted to create a podcast, you've gone and done it once again. Like I remember back in Maui, our days, you were going to write a book and you did. Way to follow through. That's one of your uh, fortes. Well, thank you. I was actually thinking about that day today when we met, it must've been five years ago now. And, um, I remember meeting you and then meeting you for coffee and just enjoying the conversation. And I remember you telling me that you just had this feeling that like my throat chakra was stuck. And then I had more to say to the world. And I thought that was so odd that a stranger would just say this to me. (laughs) And look, a book came out and now you and I are sitting on this podcast and having this conversation. So how much fun is that? I love it. And you have a good memory like I do. I do remember that. Uh, We met in Willie Nelson's bar in Paella. Mm -hmm. And we did have coffee among other adventures later. But uh, that does sound like me being brutally, lovingly honest. But I saw so much light in you. And I'm glad that you've decided to let it out. The world needs it. Thank you. And then I remember you saying, well, let's go meditate together. And I was just tiptoeing in a meditation. I was like, this is so weird to just like hop across the street to a park and go meditate with some guy I, I barely knew. And I remember you just <laughs> taking me on a journey and it definitely opened up so much for me. And I've used meditation so much as a tool in my life, as I know you have, and we can get, you know, dive in deeper a little bit with that. But I just thought this is so weird. And, you know, I didn't know who you were, but it's awesome that I can call you friend now. And um, we've seen each other. Now we're both in Florida. So that's fun. I know. We've hung out on Martha's Vineyard. Our adventures continue. Maui was amazing. It was so beautiful. I remember going up to the Lemuria Center with you. It's it's important to meditate. I think that's the single most life-changing thing I've ever decided to incorporate in my existence. Well, good. Because I'm definitely going to dive in and ask you a little bit more about things that have helped you along your journey. 
what has been nice is I just, I've been looking forward to this conversation because I've been, of course, I get to listen to you on your amazing show, What Matters Most, which is an amazing podcast. I've been able to listen to that for years. So I feel like I get to hear you all the time. It's just, you know, we don't always get to connect and have these conversations. So I'm super excited to just spend this time today. Let's do it. Let's bring some light here. So when I think about Paul, and I call it Paulness, of who you are, you, when just being around you as a human, you are a person that I believe that not only lives their life alive, but you truly, when I am around you, you are in awe and wonder and of this world and everything around you. And you just hang out in this place of gratitude and it's always energizing. It's always amazing to be around you. You know, we can be sitting there having coffee and you look at something and you're just like, oh my gosh, look at that. And you just go off into this place of gratitude and wonder of the world. It can be something so small or big, but you just live with that light and you live in that space. Has that always been the case for you? Thank you for that. That's very kind. And I wish I could say it always has been, but I've experienced a vivid and profound contrast. I think we come in as children so awake and beautiful and perfect and then society has all these systems and rules. Our parents, who I had the two of the finest parents you could have, do their best. But the world tends to shut you down. It's kind of barbaric. It's not life-affirming. It's not opening. We've been sort of corralled into a drone-like existence so we could run the machines, which I guess was needed at one time, or it's part of the challenge of being here. So I fell asleep. I did profound sorrow and sadness and why am I here periods. But luckily through grace and then the combination of proactivity, I began to find my way back. But what's beautiful about contrast in the circle of life, which is endless circles, I wouldn't have known how beautiful it is to be in this state, and I am in it right now, if I hadn't experienced the opposite. So I see it all as perfect now and is enriching to both sides. I still feel profound sadness. I got incredibly angry yesterday when some crazy tech issue happened for about 10 minutes. And then it blew through like a, a storm front. And then it was so clear after and so peaceful. I've learned to embrace being uncomfortable and feelings that are really hard. As same way, it's easy to embrace ecstasy, joy, total connection, although some people have a harder time with that for issues of maybe worthiness or, or other issues. But it's been a process. It's an eternal, never-ending process. Of, and in this life, it's a linear process. And like anything, if I take care of a lot of little things I've started to notice and realize, they add up to a very good experience of being alive. And that doesn't always mean pleasant, but just alive aware, open, flowing, grateful, and hopefully kind, and with a yes to life. Like when you ask me to do this, I always say yes. And when you said that out of those two, you know, out of those other places that you've been that have not been so pleasant, you said grace was one of the things. What is grace? Is that, is that grace for yourself? Grace from some, somewhere else, someone else? What is that grace for you? Hmm, that's a beautiful question. Well, and what I love about the realm of grace is it's a paradox. It's everywhere and it's within. And 
you might say grace is luck or synchronicity. I think those are elements of grace. But for me, the grace of God, grace of spirit, grace of source, these are phonetics, obviously, that doesn't really touch the essence of infinite love or intelligence. But I look at myself as one of the most fortunate souls ever, one, because I exist. And then I hit the life lottery. I had loving parents who stayed together 71 years. I grew up in America in a time where I didn't have to go to a war. This morning I turned on the faucet and clean water came out. I took a hot shower. I had something to eat. Yesterday while I was driving a car, I drove past people who were chilly at a bus stop who did not have that opportunity. My list of blessings are endless. A lot of it beyond my control. I was born healthy. I see handicapped people all the time. Beyond my linear control. But grace came in more ways that were outwardly to sort of interrupt my path. When I was having a hard time, I discovered Joseph Campbell and the Power of Myth with Bill Moyers on PBS. I never watched TV. I happened to be reading something in the LA Times that morning. I was living in LA at the time and Beverly Hills. And you can be unhappy in Beverly Hills, I found out. And I watched that series and it was life-changing. And then someone gave me a book, The Road Less Traveled, or another book. Someone said, I had been thinking about meditating. And then someone said, do you want to meditate or do yoga? I started to do that. And then I was in Nashville and I was introduced to this wonderful energy healer, Bonnie Johnson. And then I started to go once a week. And I felt like she put Humpty Dumpty back together again, energetically, spiritually. I climbed back. I climbed all the way back in my brokenness. And I'm still broken, but I'm pieced together uh, in a beautiful way. There's that Japanese word I can't think of, but when pottery breaks, that's priceless or whatever, they put it back together and they seal it with gold. And I think if we embrace our brokenness and do the healing, because we're all traumatized, then those areas can be golden and our heart cracks open and then it's larger. It's like a crater from a meteorite and then all this water forms in it and the water can be love. So that's what grace meant for me and a million lucky breaks. I wrote a book called Hitchhiking with Larry David. It became a huge hit. I was out hitchhiking in Martha's Vineyard trying to get over a heartbreaking breakup with this girl named The Miracle, real last name. And Larry David picked me up hitchhiking. And we ended up having this incredible conversation. He drove me across the island. And then from that conversation and subsequent adventures, I had a dream that was an awakened dream, dream state. And the universe suggested I write a book called Hitchhiking with Larry David. And so I woke up, remembered it, wrote it down, the title. And then that happened. There's been millions of experiences like that. It doesn't have to be with someone well-known or turn into a hit book or whatever. There's just so much grace all the time, 24-7. If I can get my linear egoic mind out of the way now and again, I not only witness it, I experience it. And then I flow it. And I'll get to that later because I have a technique, several techniques, because I know you're looking for some tools for people. And by the way, early disclaimer, there are infinite ways. Mine is just another way. It's not a better way. So take what you can, if anything. And I hope that it helps. Yes. Thank you. What a beautiful picture of what grace is about being put back together. I think we have to accept it, you know, and, and for you to realize that you need to accept it and embrace it and now share it. Grace is a, 
big thing to start. And then you talked about the proactive things, things that you started to take part in that maybe they seemed a little strange at first or why you were introduced to this person, but accepted and started going on your journey. Any other tools that just kind of stand out at that place where you were really saying, you know what, I'm broken. I need to be put back together. What other things helped you at that time? Hmm. Well, and there's some of the same tools I use now. One is, and I mentioned it a minute ago, I do not watch television because it's mostly garbage. I don't know how people watch most of the shit that's on there. That's not to say there aren't some good shows or I love a good movie, but the advertising, for God's sakes. Can you imagine someone in your house every four or five minutes asking you to buy a car or take drugs or put on a new perfume? You'd call the cops or you'd jump out a window at Mm -hmm. least, right? It's so insane. So the, I limit what comes into my mind, my beautiful mind and everything. So I limit that kind of garbage. I learned that the better and the cleaner I ate, I felt better. Go figure. If I eat less sugar or no sugar, I feel better. If I cut down on dairy or drink no dairy, I feel better. I barely ever eat red meat unless my body says I need red meat. So I feel better. Uh, and whatever I eat, I try to bless it because there's a couple billion people that don't have any food, and which is tragic considering we have more than enough, which is a strange place to be. And so there's that. I try to exercise almost every day. I love to move my body. I learned that I love to be near the ocean. So I live a few blocks from the beach and I walk on the beach a lot, which opens up the wonder. I look out. I'm extremely careful with who I hang out with. I'm not a martyr. I don't do things out of obligation just because so-and-so might not like this or that. I give, but I have healthy boundaries. I don't want to be around people that drag me down and are hopelessly and negative in a spiral that never changes. Uh, what else do I do? I read a lot. I love to read. I'm insanely curious. I move through the world to make eye contact. I talk to strangers. I lift people up. I look to give first rather than to get. I try to just stay open and all of these things. I'll tell you, if you do these 22 things and add a 23rd, I open my day with a gratitude list in my mind and heart. And then I try to close it with that. As I fall asleep, I just start giving thanks like I will later for this interaction or the fact that you cared enough to ask. I did it on my own podcast a few hours ago. Then so It's a lot of little things. We're looking for the grand gesture, the magic pill. There's no such thing. And what happens is a lot of little things can add up to a beautiful existence. And a million things go into all of a sudden somebody going, oh, look, an overnight success. And whatever success is, that's another thing. I define success for myself. If I'm present, I'm loving, and I'm at peace, and I have more than enough, I'm wildly successful. If I did something kind today that I didn't have to do, I'm successful. If I just live through the day without pain, I'm successful. So I'm not trying to get more followers or more money. I just trying to be here and be a positive presence. Yes, which you are and have expressed that and who you are and the places you've been in your other books, which are so, I've read all of them and they're awesome. If you guys want to check them out, we'll definitely put it in the show notes um, to get you to his website and experience all of his books because they're about life and fun and pain and everything that is just, just like you said, life, we all have ups and downs and yes, 
some of us are blessed um, in other ways and where we live and who we're brought up with. And but at the end, I think so many things are external. Like it's so great that we get to live by the ocean and that's, what's important to us. Maybe not somebody else, but I think so long. And I see people do this all the time where they just seek that external, whatever it is, external value, external relationship, external money, external job. Like I will be happy when like, Oh, it's easy for you to be happy because you get to live by the ocean or, Oh, you get to work for yourself or, Oh, you just had a hit book or, Oh, and there's all this like, ex, you know, focus on external. And I remember when I was living in Hawaii, learning that those external things that we can't control, most of them, we can choose maybe where we live or the relationships we're in. And a lot of life is choice, but the real work has to be done internally because I can control how I interact with all of those things outside of my choices that I get. And how awesome is that, that I have control over that? I don't like to things not have control, but I, I get to have that control. And a lot of that control is that grace and gratitude, bringing those things in internally and completely interacting with the world in such a drastically different way. And the way we tell the stories, the way we interact, the way we see the world, it's like putting on brand new glasses when we can really incorporate that grace and gratitude into our beans as a focus, not just an idea. You can't say it better than that. And you touched on a couple of very key points. And one of my secrets is, which is not a secret since I say it whenever anyone is kind enough to ask, is I have come to realize without any doubt, 100% sure, that there is nothing in the world externally that can happen that I can achieve, acquire, or accumulate that will in any way increase the essence or the value of who I really am. Nothing. Now, I can have all of that and have these experiences, but I'm already whole. I'm already complete. I already am an aspect of the whole universe, which is unimaginable even to me and in a bit of irony even to the universe. It doesn't know what it is. It's a mystery to itself. So given that, it takes the pressure off. If Oprah called after you and said, hey, we want to do a series of shows. I love what matters most. Come out. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll... Wow. And then somebody else called back and said, uh, she changed her mind. Oh, nothing happened. It... Or even if it happens, I might go rushing towards it and then find out a year and a half in. I liked my life a lot better before but I had an experience. And if Paul McCartney wants to come on the show, great. But then the day goes on and then we bury someone we love or our knee hurts anyway, or we're a day older, or we look at the sorrows of the world and our heart breaks every day because we can't seem to figure it out. So there is no external thing. So I try to judge it not by what I feel it would enhance me since that's a lie that you see on TV and in every magazine ad, that's a brainwashing thing. So you can throw that out if you have enough awareness. I look to see what would be fun. What would be inspiring? What's something different I could do that would be interesting to me? I'm curious about that. Maybe I'll go live in Copenhagen for a month or so and see what that's like. I might get there and after a week think, all right, maybe not a month, maybe eight days, or I might stay three months. And I might go to Norway or who knows, but I'm just curious. And what I like to do, another secret that isn't a secret, I am constantly asking infinite intelligence, what does it want me to do next? 
what wants to come through me? Not this puny little Paul mind ego limited form guy. Nah, I think he doesn't know as better as infinite intelligence. I'm going to go out on a limb on that one. And so what do you want me to do next? Sometimes, why don't you go have a burrito? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm hungry. Or fly to LA, fly to New York, stay home, make a right at the next street and go see so-and-so. I just listen. That's all. What do you want me to do next? I don't need the big plan. When you listen, Paul, what does that look like? So for somebody that doesn't have that connection or understanding, is it like an app? You get emails? Like, how are you listening? (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was that easy. I'm just got an email. Just a minute. (laughs) Yeah, really? Uh, You get this chip the government puts in you. And then what happens? Oh, no, don't do that. Whatever you do. Uh, and you said someone that doesn't have that connection. Here's this, another thing. We all have the connection. Have you ever had a device and it did some cool thing, but you didn't know? So you didn't activate it? You didn't slide the icon left or right or turn a button? or yes. I mean, that's the story of my life because technology and I have a strange dance at like Superman and Kryptonite. But so everybody has that connection. But here's a funny thing. People say, oh, I don't hear. I don't get it. I don't get that. Are you listening? Did you ask? Are you ever quiet? Is it ever silent? When's the last time you were alone with yourself without checking some device or with some noise? Do you allow the time to connect? I will say this, the universe, which is so infinite, beautiful, and loving, it does tend to whisper. Now, it will drop a safe out of a building onto your head if it's given you 72 warnings and you still haven't got it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, I've learned to listen to the cautionary aspects early, less suffering. I'm allergic to suffering. So anyone can listen, find a way. Be still for 15 minutes and take out a journal, light a candle, close your eyes and just sit still. I hear a lot of people and I used to bullshit like this too. Oh, everything is a meditation, I walk around. Yeah, but when my eyes are open, my five senses are on overdrive because it's all so amazing. So just sit still, turn the phones off, find 15 minutes, 15 fucking minutes. You have 23 hours and 45 minutes to give to the world in your mind. Take 15 sacred minutes and just sit in silence and then keep a journal. Pay attention to your dreams. Eat cleaner food. Don't watch crap before you go to sleep. Uh, Take a walk, call up a friend, notice things. Start taking pictures, whether in your mind or with a camera, right? Slow down and listen. I guarantee you'll hear something your way. Some people hear a voice. Some people see things, numbers. They write and messages come. Autumn, I just have a, it's like I hear it, even though it's not my ears, although I've had that happen on occasion. It's just like inner knowing. Go here, do this, do that. Go, oh, really? And I have to say, sometimes it's like, no, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> but then if I listen, it works. I usually say you have the wrong number. <laughs> yeah. What's your second choice? That's right. Not me. You must be talking. Lines got <laughs> crossed somehow. I and- was in Martha's Vineyard. It was glorious. And I asked, as I do all the time, what do you want me to do next? And it was like, go to New York City. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go to New York City. I don't like New York City. And it's the vineyard, it's paradise. But then right after that, I got a call from these people. It was the climate change week and Greta was going to be there and all these other folks. Do you want to come down and be a part of these meetings? 
And I thought, shit, God, yes, no. And I went and it was wonderful. And then I came back. Here we go with contrast again. It was such a vivid contrast in the heavenly Martha's Vineyard. It was a shock at first. I liked it. Then I couldn't wait to leave. And when I got back, the vineyard had never tasted so sweet or seemed so still. Yes. Isn't that fun to play with? Yes. So Remind I me the next that, time. I, I love that you have acknowledged and have given other people permission to know that there's nothing special about people that are guided or hear nudges or are living their life alive. It is literally just learning tools to be quiet at that, that connection. I love that analogy about a phone because every time somebody shows me something on my phone, I'm like, I've had that the whole time. Like you're kidding me. I just made my whole life so much easier knowing that one little trick on my phone. And it's the same thing. I love that analogy that you gave about that connection. It's, it's there for everybody. Yeah. Make sure the ringer is on and that you're available for it. And there's nothing special about me that isn't special about anyone listening. And honestly, I'm no better than the common house fly or the galaxy out there. It's all just different versions of the same thing. Uh, Jesus, who was a lot smarter than me, he said, and you shall do greater things than I. I mean, that's an avatar. And all these beings did who were special, who we you know, usually end up killing, but then put their, like Martin Luther King, and then we put their name on boulevards or churches. Mm-hmm. You know, we get rid of them first because they're radicals and they're scary. But the key is all of them showed the same thing, that it's available to anybody if you tap into it. You just got to say yes and have the courage to be who you really are and not what you think everyone else wants or what the world wants. That's your big brave step there. Just go be you. Don't hurt anybody. But just be the authentic you. Authenticity is worth its weight in gold because you will sleep like a rock at night. Yes. And that 15 minutes a day is so great because part of my morning routine, I have a very stringent morning routine that um, helps me in my day. And of course it starts with meditation and prayer time, but I clock out 15 minutes a day to learn something new tech wise, Mm. my life easier or different programs I'm um, interacting with every day. So I get better at them. And just to think that I'm willing to do that for programs and technology, that 15 minutes, because I know it'll make my life easier. But that 15 minutes of meditation sometimes seems tough to do. And it's, it's the same thing. It's just makes life so much clearer and not necessarily easier. Just like you said, sometimes you don't want to take that trip to New York, but it's not an easier thing. It's a clearer, it brings purpose. It brings that passion to the forefront. So really quick, I wanted to um, step backwards for a second. When you brought up value, I didn't realize how um, I actually attributed value to my own name or life or person this last year. And it was a big lesson for me when you think about you or when you were in your twenties and thirties and producing, you know, in Hollywood and as a musician doing different things, how did you um, place your value on then on yourself then? Well, that's a good question. I, and by the way, I was mostly unhappy, even though I was a super duper achiever. And I remembered at one point in my late twenties, I achieved some uh, monumental task and it last the joy lasted about 25 minutes and I wasn't happy again and I started to think I might have to jump off a rooftop because I see the games <laughs> the way the mind is rigged right now my software this is going to be a long long ride I don't know if I'm up for it everything was externally derived and achievement oriented and I think that's part of being young 
I see people still trying to make something of themselves. You're going to have to have to do that. You have to earn enough money to exist, but you can earn a lot less if you don't buy a lot of stupid things you don't need. The latest, greatest, shiniest, stupid thing. You can save a lot of money and then that buys freedom and time, which is the only thing you have limits on here as you, this thing. So I was, you know, I went through the phase and I was successful by the world standards, America standards. I started an entertainment company in Nashville from nothing. And of course, the first few months it generated zero dollars and was a catastrophe because it was a great idea. It just didn't generate any money, which is uh, companies that are not long of this world for that way. But then I got it going and I played the role of successful guy and I got the big black BMW and had a Rolex and Armani suits. And that was important in that world. And then at some point my soul just said, eh, I'm out. And so I wish it was as easy as I said, yeah, me too. There was like a one year discussion between the personality and the soul yes. <laughs> negotiation really was the personality trying to stall. And then at some point the soul said, either we wind this down or I wind you down. And I knew what it meant. It was going to be fun. So rather than get cancer, I decided to get out of the entertainment industry. And the beautiful God said, hey, you can always go back. Just try it. And in a bit of great irony, because infinite intelligence knows, once I was out, I got to tell you, Autumn, I didn't miss it for a minute, ever, not a minute. Did I miss like, checks showing up? Identity. I know. I miss the money, but not really. I've never gone hungry. If anything, I should skip a few meals. I'm a couple pounds overweight. And... Now you couldn't pay me anything to go back to run a music thing or whatever. There's no amount of money. There's no number. It completely flipped. Every once in a while, I'll have that voice in my head gives me uh, what, I, what I call it, what if something bad happens? All of a sudden, it throws me a scenario. What if we had zero money and we had, you know, we were living on the streets? It's like, uh, I don't let it do that in the middle of the night, but it's like, stop it. It's, you're just playing. What if something bad happens? Right now we have enough. And hopefully we'll always have enough unless we don't. Isn't it fun to live in that place of I have enough versus living in fear all the time that something bad is going to happen or I don't have enough? <laughs> it's completely fear-based. It's so crazy. There's a tiger out there right there in the reeds. You know, that's that part of the brain trying to keep us alive. And I, you know, I, I realized when that, uh, what if we run out of money guy, he woke me up a couple of times years ago. Thank God it's been a while. And he had us living in a box behind the Walmart. And I said, but wait a minute. And this is when I had a lot more money. I said, what are you, you know, are you nuts? And of course it is. But I, and then I said, what are your factory presets? And it said random. So it would randomly wake me up. So I reset those. I said, you wake me up. If we ever get below $10,000, because I really do want to know then, maybe we're going to have to do something that we don't want or who knows, but hopefully not. That's bad English. We'd have to inspire something that brought in more coupons. There's a better way to say it, which will always happen. So after I set the presets and save, it only woke me up one other time. And I said, oh my God, are we below 10? And it said, oh yeah, sorry. And it never bothered me again. No so problem. check your presets. That's true. What are those presets? For each person. It's crazy to think what those presets are, but we can set them for whatever we think we need to feel safe with. And it's so funny. It's money. I know money. I have a great mentor, Rita Davenport, and she always says, money's not everything, but it's just right up there with oxygen. You know, you don't necessarily, 
you don't think you need it really until you're out of it. And then it, it feels like you, you don't have oxygen, but that preset is so different for each one of us. Well, too much or too little of anything is a bad scene as we've seen so many people uh, I'm known sadly, and we've seen it in all industries or I know people that have billions who are not happy any more than you or me and a lot less sadly. And then, but if you, you need a balance, you need to have enough food, enough, this and that. I think the number's like $80,000. They did all these studies and you start getting in the upper reaches and it really creates a lot of problems. It'll isolate you from others. And ultimately, if you have a lot, the best thing to do with it is to just try to put it in the flow and do good things. It could be a great force for good. Unfortunately, ours is a hoarding culture. We celebrate hoarding. And I just read the other day that 23 billionaires in the world own as much assets as half the world's population. That's why the world is a mess. Hoarding. Got it backwards. It's sad. Maybe we'll get it. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Yeah, I'd we'll love have to, to see we'll, a lot of money in the flow of just being able to not only have choices for your own life and those that you know you love, but to throw it into the flow of things that you find are important to you and make the world a better place. So much fun. Mm, yes. So I am so appreciative of this time and all of your wisdom and experience. And again, for those of you that um, would like to connect with Paul and hear his amazingness more, please look up his podcast, What Matters Most. It's a lot of fun. Some great, amazing guests on there. Um, and of course, his amazing books that are, I have them all on my shelf and you know, that's a big deal because I travel a lot and I live all over the place and it's my books that I always have a hard time giving up or leaving behind. So I'm always bringing boxes of books, which is hilarious or shipping them, but um, they are important to me. So I love them, but thank you, Paul, so much for your time today. And um, I look forward to seeing you sometime in Florida this winter. Yeah. And hopefully in the vineyard too. I really enjoyed this. You asked excellent questions and I'm excited to see another area of your life blossom. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. Have an awesome day. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. And remember, good friends don't keep great messages to themselves. So keep the ripples moving and share this episode with your friends. Also, wherever you listen to podcasts, please take a moment to review or download this episode. So I would love to connect with you. Regardless of where you're at on your journey, maybe you're feeling like you can't set sail or maybe you're out there rocking the open seas. Find me at autumnshields.com or on social and say hello. If you would like a complimentary coaching sesh, all you have to do is click on Let's Connect and let me know three things you would like to get out of the conversation and we will make it happen. So make today the day you decide to live your life alive and leave room for the unimaginable. So until next time, keep following the nudges.